Blog Talk Radio. Back up where you had it. Uh, we're going to be talking about a particular topic. 
uh, again, it'll be places, uh, people, and things that have really, really been a blessing in my life. I'll go over that in a second, but I just want to thank you again for tuning in, brothers and sisters. I really don't take people's time lightly. You could have been doing so many other things, and so probably this show is going to bring a lot of our, a lot of my friends uh, from the past um, that will be new to the show. So I want to um, play a little audio that's going to kind of help them along as to how we do things. So I'm going to play it here in a second. But I just want to remind everybody, we've been been doing this, uh, for those of you that's new, because we're going to have some new callers tonight um, and some new listeners on the um, uh, um, after the show is recorded. Just want to remind everybody, we have over... Well, nearly 600 shows. We're very close to 600 shows, brothers and sisters. And so we haven't um, been twiddling our thumbs over here at this network. We have been talking about any and everything under the sun. If it relates to the so-called African-American, and really, really and truly anybody could uh, glean knowledge from uh, or insight of the spirit from these shows because we're very, very serious, brothers and sisters, we are trying our best to be a voice of the Most High within the earth. We just think that with all the problems we have, we need to hear from the King. And so on this network, I've tried my best to have on co-hosts that know how to get a hold of the King and know how to uh, articulate his heart. And that's really what we're about. We do talk about things we like to say on this network. We talk about things that we know for sure that have been a blessing in our life. We try to stay off things that we don't know for sure. And I say we a lot. I'm talking about the different co-hosts over the years I've had on. I try to pick people that I think that's knowledgeable of what's going on, both in the spiritual realm and in the natural realm. And so that's pretty much what we do right here on this network. But tonight, the Chronicles of Seth Turner. And this is the the show. We're going to open up the series talking about my friends, my friends. Over 300 personal friends uh, will be honored. I'm going to try my best to name every single person that have touched my life. And hopefully I don't miss any because this is where you will get in trouble if you forget somebody who thinks they're important in your life and you don't even mention them. But I probably won't mention because I'm going to do more than one show. Hopefully two shows to do it, but it may take more than that. Talking about 300 Roughly 300 friends honored. Let me just go ahead and read the show description where we can all be on the same uh, course. Some of you just call that phone number every Sunday. Uh, you just see where I do a show because you follow us. Some of you follow us, and so you got a reminder that there's going to be a show today at 8 o'clock. And so, I, first of all, I appreciate you following us. And those of you that are not following us, it's very easy. All you got to do is go to my Facebook page and uh, click on Click on the show, any show, and uh, when you see that follow button, just follow the instructions there. Also, let's ask you a few questions, find out where you want those uh, alerts sent to. But this is the show description, brothers and sisters. All right, let's go ahead and read it. Well, everybody will know what we're doing, and you just, again, to those who just call the phone number, and you don't really know what is going on. All right. Hear a little staticky. We'll try to fix that. Well, let's do this. Let's play the show 
Oh, there it goes. Okay. All right. I said today, Sunday, starts a series called The Chronicles of Seth Turner, where he shares key, and I'm reading slow because I hear the static, y'all. Uh, where he shares key people, places, and things that have periodically blessed him immensely over the years. Uh, I want to say, keep hearing the stake. Y'all bear with me. We'll get it fixed. We'll get it straight now. Just, just bear with me. Okay. Today, Sunday starts. Okay. I said today, Sunday starts a series called The Chronicles of Seth Turner, where he share. I'm going to switch phones, y'all. Bear with me. Okay, brothers and sisters. Again, I want to apologize. I didn't realize I was muted there. I do want to apologize. But brothers and sisters, again, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Five Six Song Network. And what I was saying was I'm going to go ahead and play a little audio that's letting, to, letting everyone know how to engage because we've got new people calling, and they really don't know how to uh, what what the Five Six Song is all about. The Five Six Song Network is a network I started in 2011. And I'm, and I'm going through the, uh, some of those basics because there's a lot of people, brothers and sisters, who don't know about the Five Cents on Network. But this is a network started years ago. The Father put in my heart to, I believe, start it. And we have, we, we have the goals of just really just being a voice piece within the earth. Speaking what the Father is saying, again, we like, I like to say it like this, we Say things the Father is saying in the earth, but you just can't find institution, religious institution, or education institution that will declare some of what the Father is saying. And I know many of you know we have to have the whole counsel of the Most High, not just things that are comfortable. So on the Five Six On Network, what we try to do is talk about those things that the Father truly is saying but you just can't hear them in a lot of our education centers because of it not being politically correct. That's pretty much what we seem to have our, our bent or what we seem to focus on. It just seems like we wind up talking about these shows, having shows where uh, things are pretty much controversial. or And so this is where a lot of times you can hear shows um, on the Five Smooth Stone Network. And the Five Smooth Stones is pretty much five topics. Five topics we talk about more than any other thing, and I'll go over what they are later. But those five topics is literally uh, birthed out of uh, questions, five questions I asked the Most High. When he answered the five questions I gave him, I mean, I asked him, pretty much we call this network uh, uh, by uh, – the five smooth stones, as y'all know, David had five smooth stones. He brought in his giant. Well, Father showed me a serious giant in our earth, and um, I believe um, these five topics will tumble any giant that man has created within the earth. And so these five topics are 
uh, we call them the Five Smooth Stone Network. So I'm going to go ahead and play a little sum sum. Just going to talk a little bit about how to engage and, uh, those of you that are new that have called the show. We'll be right back, brothers and sisters. Again, I want to apologize for the delay. Having trouble with my mic, I had to switch to mics, and then uh, the next mic number two was, was uh, muted. So we'll be right back. Be praying for us. Great show coming your way. Well, I'm talking about my friends, and if you are a friend of mine, you know um, you know that to be a uh, you know yourself to be a friend of mine. I may talk about you tonight. Matter of fact, I will talk about you tonight at some point. Here we go. Sent with all types of details of what's going on on the next show sent to you. 
and enjoy the rest of the show. And thank you for tuning into the Five Star Soul Network. Hello. Father in prayer. Let's ask his blessings upon this broadcast. And if you agree with me as I pray and as I petition the highest court, kingdom of the most high God, God of Israel, if you agree, simply say man under your breath. So be it. Father, I just want to lift up this show tonight. Father I ask that you would by your Holy Spirit, your Ruach HaKadosh. By your Spirit, Father, speak through the co-host, or the host, or guest, or whoever's going to be speaking to the people, or even through the callers, Father. Father, we ask that you would speak to us through your Word. Father, let us be agents of change tonight, not just lifting up the problem, whatever we're going to be discussing, or the enemy, whoever the enemy is. But Father, we ask that on this show, that you be lifted up. While we may examine the problem, discuss the problem, discuss the challenges, discuss the heartache, the pain, we just ask that you be lifted up. As the as a solution, as as a song play in the background, Waymaker, we ask that you be revealed tonight on this broadcast broadcast as the Waymaker. Father, we as a people petition your court, your presence, asking for change in our world, in our home, in our hearts. Father, let us not just be another group of people just talking for the sake of talking vain conversation. We ask that you would speak the wisdom that only you can give. You said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of you who give it to all men liberally and abraded not. Father, in your son's name, we ask that you will reveal to us your heart in the matters spoken tonight. And Father, we ask a special blessing upon the listeners that if they're suffering with pain, discomfort in their bodies where they can't hear you. We ask that you will rebuke and we rebuke the enemy in Christ's name. Spirit of sickness and infirmity. And we even speak to bodies and command these bodies receive peace. These bodies will receive healing in Yeshua's name, in Jesus' name. All these things we ask as a body on this broadcast tonight. 
And brothers and sisters, if you agree with that prayer, simply under your breath say, Amen. Well, like I said, brothers and sisters, tonight's show is going to be, Brother Seth, doing a lot of sharing. This is a show where we're going to be talking about my life story. Switch phones again because let's try this a little longer. Because I need this phone, but it's not working. Okay, let's try it. So uh, let me just go ahead and read the show description. It wasn't working earlier. Let's try it. Let's see if the phone will let me read the show description. Again, I said today's Sunday starts a series called The Chronicles of Seth Turner. And I went on to say, this is where I share key people, places, and things that have personally blessed me immensely over the years. I will kick off this series by honoring over the next few weeks about 300 key friendships throughout my life. These individuals who influence me for the very best. Y'all, I'm going to work with this phone here, so if it gets too bad, I'll switch back over. But I went on to say tune in after, uh, of course, I said 5 p.m., which I threw off a lot of people. But it's definitely 8 o'clock, and uh, hopefully they saw, because there's another, uh, another part that says 8 o'clock. But, again, I went on to say that Seth is the founder of the Five Stone Network. Uh, I'm the founder of the Five Stone Network, and that I have been educating everyone in my path about the fact that African Americans... I want to switch this out, y'all. I have been educating people uh, for a while now about how African Americans are one of the lost tribes of Israel. Okay, and this all started when I began a Bible study. Um, uh, it actually didn't begin with the Bible study, but one of the first things I did ministry-related was to have this Bible study in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I would fly from Dallas to Tulsa uh, on American Airlines. Uh, around 1990, I started taking those little short hops up to Tulsa or you to be specific, where I will meet with Brother John Clark and LSU and others, and we would just discuss things just like this, African-American being, at the time, we said possibly one of the lost tribes of Israel. Okay, and then I went on, and I'm going to come to, i got a co-host on the line. I'm going to bring him on uh, uh, and see if he uh, wants to say hello to everybody. Again, what we're doing, the format tonight is I'm going to be sharing, sharing, sharing. Then when I want to breathe, I'll open the line and see if he have any comments or anything. Um, uh, but I appreciate Brother Purcell uh, coming on tonight because I really didn't know anybody would come on with me just doing so much sharing about my personal life. But Purcell and as well as all of the listeners tonight and in the future is going to be blessed, I guarantee you, because some of these people, it's, it's really, 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 really all that in a bag of chips. Purcell being one of them that I will mention at some point. 
in this uh, conversation. He's definitely one of the 300 for sure, and he's one of the ones that uh, in the final, not not that I'm dying or anything, but I just hear recently Purcell has played a major part in my life, so I'm so thankful for his contribution. But anyway, brothers and sisters, I wanted to say that um, – that I have traveled to over uh, uh, 24 countries to 24 countries, sharing again, uh, even in those 24 countries, how we are indeed one of the lost tribes of Israel. Now, I wasn't maybe able to share in every single one of those countries, but oftentimes you could find me where I was, wherever I was there, talking about this very revelation of uh, again African Americans being one of the lost tribes of Israel. Why it's important. Where we can where we can not only get our people to see that we're the people of the book, but get the other to see uh, that we're the people of the book. Where they where when they see us misfunctioning, dysfunctioning, they can understand that we are just simply fulfilling Bible prophecy that the Most High said would be upon Israel if they were a rebellious people. So, and then I went on to say after moving to Cincinnati uh, in 1991, uh, you could hear me uh, nearly daily over WCIN gospel radio station sharing tidbits in the many exchanges with Tracy Hunter, now Judge Tracy Hunter, um, and that is true. And then after moving back to Texas in 2008, I started a blog called the Five Suits on Network, and uh, this blog has over 151,000 views and hundreds of followers. I went on to say, and then I said, and uh, we have 151,000 uh, views and hundreds of followers. And I went on to say, I have seen countless people change how they look at African America as a result of this blog called the Five Flintstone Network. Many have moved on to share this glorious news of the real Jews, uh, especially uh, with those that are not in Christ, suffering from an identity crisis. Then I went on to say, while I believe that new life in Christ uh, is far more better than any fleshly identity, I went on to say all people must know who the real Jews are for many reasons, especially the African Americans themselves. I mean, my goodness, we got to know Ourselves, And that's where the work comes in at getting us to believe uh, uh, this work, uh, believing this revelation, because so many of us are so filled with white supremacy. We just don't feel like it's true unless it comes from TBN, Daystar, or any white uh, organization. So, and I lastly said, otherwise, I, went on, I did say that African Americans must understand this revelation themselves, and then I went on to say otherwise, many may see their plight in America as inferior behavior, inferior behavior rather than uh, prophecy being fulfilled, and that's exactly what is happening. Our people are so out of their minds, out of their true culture, which is Israelites, out of their spirits, the godly spirits they were supposed to walk in till we're acting like animals. We just are. Not all of us. Thank God, not all of us. But even those of us, to me, that are acting like we have some sense, uh, there's there's a lot of disrespect and self-hating 
Folks, there's a lot going on with us. And so Brother Seth has been for years, again, trying to get us to love ourselves and believe in what the Father has said about us. And first of all, get us to see that those prophecies in the scriptures are really talking about us. So I'm going to do something really quick. I want to bring on Brother Purcell Porsche and just have him to say hello. This is Ambassador Purcell Porsche, who is one of the co-hosts that have recently, I should say recently, but because he's been, I've been known him for years, uh, but recently in the last year or so, been one of the co-hosts. And so Purcell is in Cincinnati, and, and you're going to hear about Purcell towards the latter part of this presentation when I'm talking about friends. I got to get go through 290 friends before I get to Purcell. But let's go ahead and open this line and, uh, and, and say hello to the ambassador. Uh, Brother Purcell, Porsche, your line is open, 513-331. Go ahead and say hello to the people, Brother Ambassador. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Um, it's your boy, Ambassador Purcell and Del Porsche, all the way out here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, just want to bring you greetings uh, representing uh, Salt Life Kingdom Ministries, where we believe in bringing the saltiness back to the believer through rightly dividing the word of truth and kingdom principles. Um, let me say this real quick, Seth. I think you could have left that last part out, letting me know that I was 292 on the list. So <laughs> out, of, out, of, <laughs> out of 300, that don't make me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Uh, no, anyway, it's not no, ranked by... It's not a... <laughs> It's not a ranking you as far as a person. It's just, you know what I mean, bro. <laughs> I'm just playing around, guys. I just want to, uh, uh, the Bible said laughter does the body good like a medicine. Yes, it does. Um, but, yeah, I, I, well, I didn't actually expect to, to actually chime in tonight. But um, I want to say, I want to plug something real quick, uh, or maybe not real quick, but something of, of substance that I think is necessary for me to say. Um, I want the viewers to understand um, the veracity of our relationship. Um, and I want the viewers to know that I value, I value this guy on the list of friends. Um, and my list is short. Let me say that. My list of friends is short. Okay? But I want the whole world to know that I value this guy. This guy is one of the smartest guys in my circle. I always say if, if you're the smartest one in your circle, then you need to change circle. Um, he's one of the smartest guys in my circle. Uh, we've had some very heartfelt conversation. Um, we raised yes. our children. Sir. Uh, and I don't want to tell his story, but um, just coming from my perspective, I uh, just want you to be able to see the value um, that I have um, as it relates to Seth Turner, um, a.k.a. Five Spoon Stone. <clears throat> uh, even in this blog, uh, this blog opened up a door for me because I knew that I was supposed to be um, 
sharing God's word at a greater capacity. Um, and when Seth, a.k.a. Five Smooth Stones, opened the door up to me, um, it gave me the opportunity for my voice to be heard, not only in my local fellowship, but <clears throat> throughout. I mean, I know we, we have listeners from all over the, all over the world. Right. Yes. So, uh, I I appreciate that. I want you to know that I appreciate that, Seth. Um, yeah, I appreciate you, brother. Yeah. So, I really just I, I really just value our friendship. Um, I value everything that I've learned from this guy. It was this guy that opened my eyes to the fact that I was Hebrew. Uh, I always carried myself like a Hebrew because I believed that um, if I was a believer, then there were certain things that I was privy to that the average person wouldn't be privy to. So I always handled myself that way. But I never knew really the underlying dynamics until I met this guy. And um, so um, with that being said, um, Again, I value I value the friendship. I look forward to the series. Um, there are some things that I don't know if there's anything in the series that we've not talked about. It, it pro- very possibly is. Um, but, again, that's just to show you kind of the veracity of our friendship. I mean, me and this guy would sit at IHOP from, say, 6 or 7 o'clock in the evening to – Seven o'clock the next morning, just just talking, you know. And um, yes. So um, I, I value I value those times, you know. And those times will probably come out in the series. Um, I don't know. I'm not writing it. But um, brother Seth, man, I want you to know I, I really appreciate you, and I appreciate the impact that you've had in my life. And, uh, well, Brett, brother, likewise, likewise, likewise. Just know, ditto, ditto. And Purcell, as I as I go, I'm going to be going 100 miles an hour. I'm going to leave your line open. What you can do, if you want to do quick interjections, I mean quick, like no less than 30 seconds, no more than 30 seconds, you can comment. If you hear something, you just got to say something, not a problem. But the goal of it is I want friends, I know they're going to be listening to see if he's going to mention me or what, what does Seth say about me. I know they will, trust me, because I've invited some of them. And I'm just going to go through my life starting at the very beginning, Purcell, all the way back to my first friends that I, we're defining friends, adults or children that made the impact in my life. So I'm going to go ahead and start. And Purcell, I appreciate those kind words, brother. I really, really do. You you should know uh, that I feel the same way towards you, brother. Much love and respect for Purcell, Ambassador Purcell Pochet. And, again, hop in. If you hear something, you just got to comment on, but make it quick, okay? We All good? Right. All yeah. right. Well, brothers and sisters, I wanna, I'm, I'm working on a different phone now. I don't have that backup phone. Let's try it one more time because this is my – it's just I'm telling you it's much better. Let's try it. Let's see if it breaks up. All right, 
Priscilla, let me know if it breaks up. Can you hear All me right. a little bit? But we're going to try it. Okay. I want to open up by talking about a place called Prayer Faith Temple. Prayer Faith Temple is the very first church that we attended as a um, as a family. And I don't know what age. I thought maybe seven. Uh, actually, for Prayer Faith, let me just say this. I, I, my friendships have to start with my family. My mother. Started with my mother. Yes, my mother was my mother, but she was also a friend. Yes, she was. Mama helped me more than anybody probably on the planet. So I start off with talking about, and I'm going to be mentioning her a million times. So y'all will hear a lot about Irene, uh, Miss Irene, my mother. All right, so then we have my siblings. Of course, uh, Morris probably has been more of a friend than anybody. And, again, I'm going to try to work with this phone. Personally, if it gets too unbearable, please let me know. Okay. Morris Turner is my brother, and uh, he have influenced me. The Holy Spirit have used Morris early on, right off the jump. Morris saw an angel. You have to know my brother to know whether or not he would lie about such a thing. But Morris actually saw an angel many, many years ago. You got to understand the way we was brought up is we believed in angels. We was taught about their presence. We was taught about uh, miracles we saw as children uh, at, at prayer of faith. Now I'll go over to prayer of faith. Temple. Uh, well, hold on. Before I do that, let me mention my other siblings who was not only my siblings, but we had obviously a friendship as do a lot of brothers and sisters. So, okay, I'm going to switch this. So I'm going to go ahead and switch it to everybody. Um, anyway, um, brothers and sisters, my brothers and sisters were my biggest of friends because Mama didn't a lot of time allow us to go fellowship with other people. We were very closed. Uh, 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 to uh, our, our home was closed for a while there. It wasn't so much our home was closed. We were not allowed to play with a whole bunch of kids. And so uh, this is why the church came in. We went to church, brothers and sisters. We was raised in the Eastside Project, Butler House, Fort Worth. And so Mama didn't know what to do with the six kids. You know, we didn't have a father in our home. And so first thing she did for us, I can remember back, we're talking about six, seven years old, she took us to church. The name of that church was Prayer Faith Temple in Fort Worth. And this is where we met uh, Reverend he robbed us the past. Actually, let me back up. You know, I just allowed me to change. But the first actually was Reverend Holland's church. It was a Reverend Holland church on off of Miller Avenue. This is a black hole in this church. Now, while Mama was raised A and E, Mama uh, exposed us to Pentecostal churches. Is when she she said she got the uh, that's where she was filled with the Holy Ghost. So Mama left the C and E church, A and E church, and started the uh, Holiness churches. Holiness Church, this is where I remember a lot of shouting, preaching. Uh, Y'all know how Holiness do. This is, again, uh, on Miller. So Reverend Holland, shout out to Reverend Holland. I don't know what number of friends I'm on now. I mentioned my siblings. That's, I know that's six, and so Reverend Holland may be number seven. So now let's move on to Prayer Faith Temple. Again, if you know 
Lee from Reverend Holland Church. I don't remember everybody's name there, but obviously they were, they made a great impact in my life. Um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think, y'all, but my mind is racing. I'll come back to those names here in a second because they may be listening. Uh, uh, again, you just never know who's going to answer those uh, requests I put out there to listen to the show. But going over to Prape Temple, uh, I remember very clearly those names. And this is where we met people like C.B. Roberts, which was an apostle who started a Prape Temple not only in Fort Worth, but also in New York and I think another, another place. But C.B. Roberts, many people know him as the uh, person that integrated us, the uh, first integrated church in Fort Worth. Uh, we was the first church to have blacks and whites. If you all can kind of hear me out here, you can probably understand what makes me tick. Um, again, there's no way I'm going to hate white people. And my early roots was with an integrated church called Prape Temple. And so here's where we, again, was in a Pentecostal sh- setting, shouting, speaking in tongues, uh, t- people going off in tongues, didn't know it was an interpreter. Uh, sometimes um, we saw evil spirits being cast out. We talked about seven and eight years old out the jump. We saw this happening. And even in Reverend Holland Church, we saw deliverance, what we call deliverance ministry. So, But here's where we met, uh, again, Reverend C.D. Robinson's wife, uh, Sister Robinson, and then now who's passing the uh, Prep Temple, uh, uh, Brother Steve Wagner. And uh, here's also where we met families like the Smiths. Uh, we was blessed to meet the Smiths. Uh, uh, the Crooks family. Now, we just covered 20 people just that fast, but I can't go through all the names, but uh, the Howards, uh, uh, which was my Sunday school teacher, Miss Howard, and, of course, Moppy, my sister Moppy, married one of the Howards, uh, Chris Howard. The Howards was, was, this is where I saw a family, unlike my family, who didn't have a father in the home, this is where I saw, uh, uh, actually, now that I think about it, I don't think she was married either. Not if I don't think Sister Howard was married either. So now I take that back. But she was a well-mannered lady. Unlike my mother, my mother was nice and kind, but she was loud. This is where I met uh, a very sweet, soft-spoken woman that really understood the word, and she taught me and Mars and, and our Sunday school class the word. This is my first Bible teacher I could think back to. And uh, so we had the Smiths there. Chris, Sam, Chris, and his sisters, and they was there. And then the cooks there, Mars, my brother David, one of the cooks, and these people were very influential. Now, I'm calling their names, and I'm moving kind of fast, but they was influential in that. They sit in classes with us. They asked questions. They had a zeal for God. They was, they was also regular, everyday people. They acted up. They acted silly. We laughed. Uh, Oftentimes we cried, depends upon the service. Uh, it was a thing of service. Talking about hell, we might have been crying together. So this is where a lot of uh, kids, just being kids in the church were, uh, again, this is a holiness church, and they did not shy away from talking about hell. So we cried together, laughed together, went out to the altar 95,000 times. Again, you're talking about the Smiths, the Cooks, the Howards, um, the Lesters, uh, 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 early on, the white family, I know my brothers and sisters, they listed it. Brock had to be shocked that I would remember the Turners. Just like we were Turners, my last name is Turner, there was a white couple, a white family named the Turners. 
and they influenced me greatly because I remember the, the father used to really praise God hard, and he was speaking tongues very loud, uh, the Turners. I remember the Turners. And then there was Sister Cheeks. Uh, there was um, uh, uh, so many people. Sister Cheeks was an older black lady that wasn't attractive at all to me. And I say that for a reason because people kind of blew her off you know, because she was an older lady and, and just kind of, but Sister Cheek spoke in tongues probably more than anybody I can remember back in the day. Uh, uh, Priscilla, are you there? Okay. She may have stepped away, but brothers and sisters, uh, Sister Cheeks was one of those sisters that you just didn't know when she was going to go off in tongues and she would do it in the middle of conversations, but it was the people like Sister Chief that I have to pay homage to, and uh, people that this was a prayer warrior, one of my mother's uh, prayer warriors, one of my, the people uh, she talked with a lot. Also, back in this time, was a lady by the name of Sister Cooper. This was my mother praying partner, and um, what am I doing right now? I'm sharing, I'm opening up and naming names of people places and things that influenced me greatly where I know I've done shows where I've talked about my testimony, but it was not a, I didn't mention all these names. I just talked a lot about what the father was doing with me because that's who the spotlight was on. It was on me and it was a time for me to not be shy and tell you all about myself. Well, today, this series, again, 300 friends, I'm talking about people, families that really, 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 uh, some of these people I saw every day for years and years and years, probably for 10 years straight, uh, some of these people. And so they were very influential, and I just want to just pay homage to them tonight. They listen tonight to the show or in the, in the archives in the future. I want them to know that I remember you, and I remember your contribution of your family, all of the conversations we had all the time. We prayed together, sung together, cried together, argued together, um, thought disagree, whatever, even sometimes our families that are. So I just want to just share so people can get a little bit about, hear a little bit about what, what makes me because so many people misunderstand me. They hear me talking about we being Israelites and they feel like the brother that hate, this is a brother that um, that don't want to work for white people, that have this deep, hidden uh, hatred for whites because of the, some of the things I say are or some of y'all just feel like I don't want to be taught, or I don't want to be uh, under nobody, or it's all kind of weird th- thoughts about Brother Seth because of what I teach and how I teach. So I thought I would open up a little bit about my past, my history, and I hope you are blessed and encouraged by uh, testimonies that will come out of this. But there's nothing more. What I'm doing, brothers and sisters, I'm testifying. I'm testifying of the Father's goodness. Uh, but I'm doing it by way of mentioning, calling names, places, and things, all right, especially names where we're going to try to cover 300. So, so far, I'm probably at about 50, just that fast. So, brothers and sisters, uh, we'll just talk a little bit about the Cooks family. I remember Sister Cooks very vividly, and I remember uh, she was one of those people that kind of, uh, in her latter years, and, and, and just just out of respect for her and maybe some of the callers that may know her, uh, I, I, I want to just say this. Sister Cook's uh, uh, family uh, 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 of girls mainly, uh, I remember she had a, 
Red, I think it's a son. But this family was very, very close to our family. I mean, we sat by each other in church. And like I said, Mars did Dolores for a while there. And um, very much influenced. Uh, keep in mind, Mars was my best friend. And whatever him and Dolores was going through, just as little youngsters, he would share with me. And so, again, we would see Mars, Dolores, myself, uh, uh, Selena, all all of the, uh, of the children go down and accept Christ. And it was very, very touching over the years to see what the father did with those girls and, and with that family, I should say, and Brian, uh, the, the stepfather, I mean, their father, um, Brian Cooks. So I just want to just, again, shout out to the uh, Cooks family. Also, those girl, uh, a family of girls called the Meeks, Phil Meeks, Jackie Meeks. These were girls that really, 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 again, the same thing, heard the word of the father. How did they influence me? How did all these people influence me? I watched them listen to the word. I watched them fall asleep on the word. I watched them pay attention to the word. I watched the word take root in their life. I watched the word form them. I watched the word dodge them, or they dodged the word. I watched them being rebellious to the word. I watched them being obedient to the word. I watched them cry over certain messages. I watched them laugh over certain messages. I watched them clap and praise the Father. And, again, some of y'all don't know these people, but, again, get the spirit behind what the show is about. The show is it's about to go inside uh, 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 who is Seth and what makes him tick and why does he have this uh, uh, ministry and why is he so caught up on this whole thing about the Israelites. I think if you, those of you that have asked those kinds of questions, you will find these shows a blessing. And this show may not interest some people, and I understand We'll see you on the next series or the next show, but we're going to be zeroing in on friends. And like I said, if you have been a friend of mine over the years, I probably will call your name. Purcell, when I say 290, I do mean I'm going to try to go. It's a chronological thing. So I want to go in the order of our uh, uh, year, the years. So we're going to start with the early years first, and then we're going to move up to the latter years. That's why I say 290. So, I want to also uh, mention um, Sister Cooper, Mama's best friend. Now, y'all got to remember, Mama uh, was a young lady who tried to raise her kids up in church, and it was hard, I'm sure, for her being a single parent with these six kids, very strong-willed kids. And so Mama had a prayer partner named Sister Cooper, Sister Cooper. And Sister Cooper, I would hear Mama call her oftentimes crying, Yes, I remember that. And praying on the phone, sometimes the crying came as a result of praying. And that was a prayer partner in doubt. If you think that influenced me, I don't know what would influence me. Hearing Mama talk about Sister Cooper over the years, over and over and over and over and over. Not daily, but weekly, she mentioned Sister Cooper. And then Sister Cooper would actually come by and we got to uh, be uh, talk to her and see her. And she encouraged us young, uh, my brothers and sisters, to live with father, and she was always a very serious lady for the father, so I thank God for Sister Cooper and her mighty, mighty influence. I don't know that I will be doing this show. Uh, I don't know that I would have the faith in the creator had it not been for Sister Cooper encouraging my mother, who in turn encouraged, encouraged me. So a serious influence uh, that we had uh, in our lives, and so I cannot... Um, 
articulate how much respect I have for her. And this is the show, again, where I'm paying homage to people that have really inspired me. And, again, if you don't know any of these people, it's still I still encourage you to listen to the show because what you can get from it is testimonies. I will be mentioning many, many testimonies uh, surrounding a lot of these people. You've got to hear the testimonies. The Smiths, the Smiths. Now, this was a family. This is who I was trying to refer to earlier, whereas my mother had, it was just my mother. The Smiths was different. This was a family with a father and a um, a mother, uh, two-parent house, and we got the opportunity to go over to their place in fellowship with them. And I tell you what, if you want to know what influenced Brother Seth, the Smiths influenced Brother Seth. I saw not all people that worship with single parents like my family and other families there at Prayer Faith because there was a lot of single parents there. But here were uh, uh, people that didn't live in the hood, live in an upstanding neighborhood. Yes, they did. Uh, they had um, nice things. They had a car. They had a home. They had bills, and, and they were very quiet. Um, I remember very, very vividly going over to their house and eating full-course meals. Um, we ate full-course full, full, full course meals sometimes as well, but, you know, living in the project, folks, you know how it can be at times. We were not rich. And so the Smiths gave me a fresh insight into how people can actually live uh, 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 and still love the Father and worship the Father. I just didn't. They had to have been the most. No, that's not true. There was other families like the Turners and uh, the Lesters and other people that uh, that that were living uh, better financially than we were. So, um, y'all bear with me because I'm doing this. I don't, I don't really have any notes. Uh, I'm just pulling from my mind. I like to do shows like this where it's not. Uh, always um, written. It's more organic. I know I'm going to mess up and forget some things, but again, I like these shows where it's more organic. So I like to get things. The Smiths, again, I remember, uh, this is a classic example. Uh, I remember when Prayer Faith was doing some remodeling and uh, Brother Smith was... um, by trade, he was like a construction worker. Him and Miss Brother Lester uh, was rebuilding Prefate. They was painting and doing some construction. And I never will forget. He gave me money to go and uh, <laughs> he gave me money to go and uh, 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 buy some parts there for Prefate as he was making this building, this wall. And uh, a lot of a lot of these stories, my brothers and sisters don't even remember. But this, Mr. Smith would give me money, would always tell me I can keep the change. <laughs> and my response to him saying keep the change blew his mind. And he smiled at me, and he loved me smiling. So he would keep sending me to the store. He probably needed five things. And instead of giving me enough money to get all five things, what he would do is send me to the store five times and tell me to keep the change. His, it was his way of giving me money. And uh, I loved him. I'll never forget that. And it, it wasn't so much the money. It was just how much he liked me. At the same time, he had 
we had Reverend, I mean, uh, Brother Lester. These just these wasn't ministers. These were just men who worked in the church. But Brother Lester was more serious, and he was smiling at me. But actually, I don't even remember him smiling, to be honest. He was just kind of serious, but you knew he cared for you. And uh, uh, I just remember seeing those two different types of personalities under the same roof. Both of them cared for me. That, my brothers and sisters, influenced Brother Seth greatly. Men in the church working, helping build Prayer Faith Temple, a multiracial church. And and then I was there watching them build and paint. So I I was learning. And so how much more influential can you be than working with some brothers in the church, older men, and they're giving you money as a young child, so that's something I will never forget again. Uh, so we're probably at about 50 people now just that fast. But I want to also bring up uh, uh, Andy Applewhite. Andy Applewhite. Andy Applewhite was like uh, if my mother had uh, six children, him and John would uh, be seven and eight. Andy Applewhite, one of my brothers is going to be shocked that I'm even saying because they probably thought, for some reason, I didn't like Andy, but early on, Andy influenced us. He was our big brother, that brother we never had. He would come over to the house a lot, and and and, and I remember him and Mama laughing and downing him and him because they was older. And I remember a lot of laughter. And Andy is the is the one that um, showed me how to cut wires. Again, influential people that have helped me immensely. Spiritually speaking, now while I'm about to share something that's not spiritual, I had a relationship with Andy and John at church. I would see them praise God. I would see Andy singing in the choir. This was my first. Uh, this is the, we were very young. I was seven, eight years old, singing men singing the choir. That was a, a, a something. You know, this was forming our whole concept of choirs and choirs singing. I would see Andy serving. I would see Andy come up to the house and laughing and, and, and doing things. We had a brother named John. Now, Brother John Applewhite is where we first saw men shouting. You know, how holiness people would shout. Well, Andy Applewhite, I mean, John Applewhite had one of the, I know this is kind of silly, but he really did have one of the nicest shouts of anybody you'll ever see. And so I remember John Applewhite for hanging out with the family. Again, coming up, there was a lot of laughter, a lot of laughter. And um, John praised God like nobody. Shouted, uh, nobody had quite the shout. Um, I think they say Gene Martin was one of the, uh, I know some of y'all don't know what I mean when I say shout, because y'all, some of y'all youngsters, you don't really understand or probably remember. But Andy Applewhite was one of those people that shouted uh, with the little dance, the holiness dance, and we saw that, and this is where we learned that it wasn't wrong to serve God or shout, praise God. And so, yes, we uh, was blessed by watching the life of uh, Andy and John uh, Applewhite, all right? So I'm just moving kind of fast, but again, uh, I'm calling these names because, uh, and, uh, and like I said, I know about 300 people. I know at least 300. It's probably a lot more than that. But these are people that have influenced our life. There's a guy by the name of Sam Nix, Sam Nix. And a lot of you have heard me uh, talk. There's so many ministers that came through prayer faith. I can't really call him my friend. 
because I didn't know him like that. But Sam Nix was a little different. This is the guy that uh, came to our church with a very beautiful wife. He was a handsome guy, and then he had this very beautiful wife. Me and my brother just loved his wife. We are, and we start imagining having a wife, like her, to be honest with you. She had long fingernails, long hair, very beautiful. They were from Buffalo, New York. And everybody packed out prayer faith to come here, Sam Nix and his wife. And they had this song. They had many songs, but one song they sung was That's the Way God Planned It by Billy Preston. I'm sure y'all heard that. That's the way God planned it. That's the way. Well, that was Sam Nick's song. And I promise you, white folks, black folks came to that church to hear him. But the reason I have Sam Nick down as a friend is because he got to know my mother. But I walk to Sam Nick right now and say, Irene. Matter of fact, Morris told me he said long ago. And he said, I know you didn't really but I was a drummer. And he said, well, I remember you said your mom named Irene. She said, yeah. And, of course, he had to say he was a drummer that he remembered it. But uh, Sam Nix, just to give you all a little sample of uh, Sam Nix. Sam Nix is my shows, is, is the author of the Five Smooth Stone logo. You know, we have a logo. And uh, this is our logo. This is Sam Nix. Just a little, let me tell you a little bit about it. Just a little quick little. Let's play about 30 seconds of this. Y'all remember this? This is my main theme song that we played on the show. Remember, that's Pastor Sam Nix. So, this pastor wasn't just a pastor. Now, I'm going to be honest. I think every woman in the church liked him, probably wanted wanted him to be their husband, to be honest. This man was very sought after. All the women loved him. He had this big fro. It looked like. I don't know, Superfly or something. He had to, you know. So anyway, Sam Mix uh, was actually a minister to A.A. A. Allen. I know some of y'all don't know who that is, but A.A. A. Allen was one of the faith healers, just like Oral Roberts. Actually, Oral Roberts, I mean, Sam, um, uh, A.A. A. Allen had bigger uh, followers than A.A. Allen. This man was known all over the world for his healing uh, miracle services and the tent revivals. And one of his, uh, one of the young men that kind of, Song and, and hung around him at the time with Sam Nix. So Sam Nix came to Fort Worth and Prepper Temple ate him up. He stayed there for a long time. He ended up moving to, uh, from Buffalo, New York to uh, Fort Worth because of the popularity that he, that he uh, received from uh, his ministry, his preaching, and his songs. Uh, the song I just put, the song I'm playing in the background, as well as uh, he had a lot of hits, y'all. But anyway, Sam Nix is still around in the Grand Prairie area. And um, anyway, Sam Nix is also, I say, he influences the friends that influenced me, right? How did Sam know, how did we make my friends list? Because he knew our family, he knew Mama, he knew Billy. He also 
was the gentleman responsible for me learning uh, the chapter Psalms one because he offered he offered us money. He really loved us kids, and so he wanted us to learn the Bible. And so we went home, we learned the Bible, and we came back quoting Psalms one the whole chapter. And so Samuel started my Bible memory to be be honest with you. So how influential is that? So moving right along, there was a there uh, 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 there were several ministers uh, that have come through the through the church. Um, y'all bear with me here. I got all these notes, and I'm trying to only mention people that really was influential uh, with regards to uh, my. Uh, I want to mention. Um, want to mention um, I'll bear with me want to mention Sister Dangerfield Sister Dangerfield uh, is very 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 influential in my life she was the one that led a lot of the music at Prayer Faith Temple now uh, you have to understand Sister Dangerfield this lady I don't remember Sister Dangerfield being in one argument I don't remember Sister Dangerfield talking about anybody. And this is many, many, many years. This took from when I was seven years old all the way to high school. I don't remember this lady speaking ill about anybody. And she could sing things, and everybody loved her, Sister Dangerfield. And um, she just passed not that long ago. Um, Sister Dangerfield, uh, when Mama passed, she left a note saying what she wanted to do when she died. And uh, I know people don't believe this, but it's true. Mama wanted us to act a certain way, do certain things, wear certain things at her funeral, if and when she ever died. And guess what? She did die, and we did literally what she had on that letter. And that's what caused us not to grieve so hard, because I believe the Father put it on Mama's spirit to do that, where we won't be uh, just tore up so much to where we just, we couldn't lose it during the funeral because we had work to do. We had to get purple, uh, purple tux. Mama wanted us to wear purple. Mama wanted us to uh, praise God like there was no tomorrow. Praise God for her life. Praise God for her being in heaven. Praise God for her, you know, at the funeral. And people didn't understand it because uh, why would you do that? But the Bible does say praise, praise God. Uh, uh, when when we when we leave this earth, we suppose. Praise God for the life of the saints and then mourn when people are born. And we got it just the opposite. Uh, but anyway, Sister Daniel was on Mama's list. Half Sister Daniel uh, sang, and she did just that. And Sister Daniel uh, uh, and uh, Joe Daniel and the Daniel family will really appreciate them. Again, I'm sharing friends of mine and places, events that changed my life, helped make me what I am today. Again, some of y'all look at the shows. And you think Brother Seth hate, you think Brother Seth on some, some, I don't know what y'all be thinking, but I figure if you know a little bit about uh, uh, the, some of the friends and who my friends are even today, like Purcell earlier, you might, uh, you might think a little different. So it's, it's a testimony. You know, my shows are always trying to get us to break out of being who they say we are. Some of y'all still stuck on being niggas and being black people and, and you know, the most high says different about us. And so uh, 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 
I just thought I would take a, uh, take some time again and talk about what make me tick, what has brought me to this point, what have influenced my life. So, and having friends, I mentioned my siblings, and one thing I want to mention is my relatives because I I don't know what I do without them. Of course, if you say well, that's your relatives, you can't cook. You can't you can't quote them. Well, yeah, you can. You actually can quote you, but sometimes people may be your cousin, but they're not necessarily your friend. Uh, all my cousins are not necessarily my friends, but they are my cousins, and it's not a bad relationship. It's a good relationship. Just all your cousins can't be your friends. Y'all know what I mean, right? And definitely not all your cousins influence you spiritually. So I just want to just say this, that uh, – my cousins, it's a lot of them, and I, I, I probably shouldn't name them. It's not fair because they are relatives, but I just want to say that my cousins really have uh, uh, influenced me spiritually. And I want to name some of the names because they have really helped me spiritually, spiritually. So uh, we got 300 names we got to go through. So I'm going to go through. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go through it really fast because I, I think some of y'all probably not feeling my cousins. Like, That's your relatives. We can't name them, but. Folks, some of them really did help me. Starting with my aunt, uh, my aunt, Reverend Robbie Slaughter, who I had the opportunity to see a woman preach, and that was new. Do you don't think that influenced me spiritually? And we was raised up in churches that didn't believe that women could preach. So how about that? Take a sip of this coffee. Again, my aunt was uh, one of the, probably one of the first female preachers I've ever seen. I don't think I've seen any. I'm trying to think in prayer of faith. I know I take that back. Sister Porter was a female preacher. She was a associate pastor later on in our life, like when we was in high school. But early on, it was just me and then Sister Porter come along and preach. But, but along with Sister Porter, my aunt, Reverend Robert Slaughter, was a minister. And this is where I was influenced tremendously by uh, uh, her preaching, uh, her uh, life, uh, uh, seeing, you know, what happens behind the scene when she ain't preaching, seeing what she did preach about. And, and I'll say what my mother once said about my aunt, and I'm moving on because I'm moving fast, y'all. Uh, one day, uh, Mama said, uh, we asked her, why was she going to the church with Aunt Robbie? Where Aunt Robbie go? Because she would say some, sometimes things that wasn't good about Aunt Robbie. Well, why do you go to church? And she said, well, that's my sister, and she don't live. These other folks can live no better than she is, and I know her. That was her word. She said, I said, well, Mama, why do you go to church if you, if you think this, that, and the other? She said, well, because that's my sister, and I know her. I know her life, and she ain't living no worse than these other preachers. So she started going to Aunt Robert's church and really working her church back when Aunt Robert was on Rainy Street. Uh, so shout out to, uh, anyway, Amy Roberts is now gone, passed away. Not that long ago, she passed away. So, but then there was her her, her children uh, watching them grow up with a mom that preached and watching how they acted up like we acted up, being silly, not being silly, being serious, not being, learning from her, not learning from her, and just watching Donald Jr., watching how he, became a, a minister and watching uh, just his development, how he, <laughs> how John Jimmy, how you say he made a bargain with God saying he's going to turn his life over to God, but he can't, he got to have his music. 
So Donald Jr. was one of the first person that influenced me that you can serve the Lord and still listen to some music so long as it ain't degrading and all that. So we would be coming from some of his early preaching uh, ceremonies, uh, 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 services in Marshall, I think Marshall, Texas, one of the places down and he would uh, be playing Earth, Wind, and Fire. And this is where I learned how that you can, brothers and sisters, not be in bondage. Because at Prayer of Faith, where we was going, uh, I preached with talking, you couldn't do nothing hardly. So Don don't know it probably to today, but he was one liberated me, have liberated me. And to this day, sometime I'll be on my show, and I'll be talking about the Father for sure, and y'all hear me play Earth, Wind, and Fire. Well, guess who first I saw that? That was by my cousin. So how would I not mention him in the 300, the family, the friends of 300? So I appreciate him for for being for showing them liberty. Yes, you can honor the Father with you can. I mean, you listen to when you when you're not in church, and we're supposed to be worshiping the Father 24/7. So I don't know why we make a big deal out of you know playing secular music, you know, and then you know you go talk to the Earth 25. A lot of them worship the Father anyway. They just sing this music. So anyway. Free yourselves, y'all. Free yourselves, like my cousin Don Don said, you know. Anyway, um, just moving right along. Got to cover 300. We're probably more like 80. A lot of names, y'all, but I got to keep moving, keep moving, because we're going to do maybe a couple of shows, and I got a couple 300 people. So I still got middle school, high school, college. I've uh, got to cover the 24 countries I've been, people I've met, uh, and then work it all the way up to the five Stone going co-host. Uh, um, and I know that a lot of them are not co-hosting right now with me, but I've learned over the years these co-hosts come and go. One means they're with me, and then they sometimes have to take breaks, and that's okay, like Purcell did tonight. So we, we appreciate them stopping by and saying hello, by the way. So I just want to, again, remind everybody on the phone line, tonight is just a show where Brother Seth is just going 100 miles down, talking about over 300 personal friends. Uh, that have uh, that I want to honor, and I think personal friends. I know some of my relatives, but uh, I do want to uh, just highlight them because you never know when we're gonna we're gonna leave this earth, right? You don't really know, and it'd be nice for them to be able to have a show and to hear their names all out. The Smiths, the Howards, the the Martins, uh, um, Andy Applewhite, John Applewhite. Um, some of these people have passed on, but wouldn't it be something Sam Nick heard to show her this his little our logo, and him played. I actually invited him. I actually tried to reach out to him, and I need to try that again. But um, we ain't even left prayer faith yet, y'all. We just got all these people. Still got a lot of people to go. But uh, I, I was just talking my relatives really quickly, and I'm going to move off. But uh, again, uh, uh, Amy Robin, I want to mention Amy Naomi. Now, Amy Naomi was a different breed to me. Amy Only was one of the people that I could, I found out how the father could literally speak through people, and they not always talk your language. Now, Amy Only would cuss a lot. We all know her for that. But I also knew Amy Only, and I wish I could have got to know her a little better. Take us a little sip of this coffee. Amy Only would speak with what's on her mind. Unfortunately, a lot of us don't do that. We are so worried about being politically correct. We really cussing all along in our minds anyway. But she would speak her mind. I remember her being very, very wise. And she wrote poems and so forth. But I remember Amy, Amy only 
being very wise and a lot of things she said. And I really, that's the one person I think I wish I could have spent a lot more time with. But, you know, I'm, I'm not, it wasn't like I was trying to dodge it, man. I did try to get on the show a few times. But it was just living our lives. And so, but she let me know that, you know, and I found out something else about curse words. And it really probably had to do with Amy Rod, Amy Owens, uh, demeanor, how she was careless. And I, I, I kept saying, you know, people try to say, oh, she's crushing, blah, blah, blah. but I found out something. The prophets in the Bible, y'all know a lot of them curse. When we say curse, we got to understand what we're saying. They use profanity. Prophets use profanity. Yes, they did. Now, they might not have cursed. Curse means literally curse. This is what a curse word is. Curse means to say you're going to hell. God is going to judge you, Israel. You're going to lose the battle. Or your son is going to be damned. Or your son is going to be destroyed. Or you're going to be destroyed. It means to speak negative of a person as though like a God, like God is speaking to you and you speak something on a person. That's cursing. That's worse than saying enough, to be honest with you. But profanity is something people use throughout saying things that wasn't pleasant, like damn shit. Okay, these are words, when you say, oh, man, gosh, gosh and shit, gosh and shit is the same meaning. It's like some of y'all tripping out because I'm saying that right now. But you got to quit being religious. Gosh, damn, you say damn, or you say shit, it's the same meaning. If you think the prophet, I can show you times the prophet said things that wasn't pleasant. That's profanity. So the father had to deliver me on that. Because I wouldn't listen to Farrakhan or nobody when it, because they would always say these words, these curse words, and so, hey, who's raising holy? You don't talk like that. Well, I learned different. Real cussing, real cursing is a thousand times more important than saying MF and all these other little words. So, and I learned that from, again, uh, listening to Amy Omi, and, and again, she was one of those ones that uh, I would say was, would be on my friend list. Of someone that inspired me greatly. Again, we're talking about friends, people in my life uh, 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 that inspired me. And also, I want to talk about uh, Amy, uh, Amy Verna May, uh, Verna Melton. Y'all have heard me talk about her a lot on the show. You've heard me talk about doing work with her on her. Kudos to her and her uh, podcast. But Verna May, uh, especially as of late, has inspired me uh, quite a bit. Uh, watching her, listening to her, uh, uh, even Ray, her husband, talking with them, uh, just watching her life, the book, reading the book, uh, a lot of inspiration spiritually have come from my aunt. So, of course, even if somebody's your aunt, they're, they're, still, they're still your friend. Now, not all aunts can be your friend. Sometimes you're too distant from aunts, but in front of me, I can say, is should be on my friend list because she has influenced me. Again, the show is about 300 personal friends, honored people that have spoken into my life or done something uh, uh, that have influenced me spiritually. And so in turn, watching her transformation uh, uh, throughout the years definitely, definitely has inspired me spiritually. I'd be lying if I didn't say that. And not just in Vern, but I'll tell you, aunt that went on past 
and uh, that has uh, really inspired me, uh, and that is Am- Am- Jean. Now, y'all have to know Am- Jean. <laughs> Man, you want to know something that inspired me spiritually? Am- Jean inspired me spiritually. Now, who is Am- Jean? Am- Jean was an aunt that when she was in the world, she was in the world. A lot of the, a lot of the worldliness, we, mama, mama had us no shelter. And a lot of the time, we wouldn't get worldliness until we were around uh, uh, Alma Jean. Now, with Alma Jean, she would play all the songs we like. She had certain things around, you know, that we probably shouldn't have been around. I've never drunk in my life, ever, 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 ever. Uh, uh, I smoke pretty much, but the first time I ever took a drink was and when uh, Amazon pulled a little trick on us and had us to taste something. So outside of that, I would be able to say I never smoked, I never drank in my entire life. Now, I did not too long ago because Arlene and I, she's been saying, oh, you always say you never drank. I kind of challenged her and I took a little sip of uh, some we was drinking. So outside of that, I have not had alcohol in my system. So <laughs> Uh, uh, Alma Jean is very influential uh, because of something else she did. Alma Jean, just like Mama, left the world. And Mama, they say, when she left the world, really, really left the world. I mean, she went from AME to these really, 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 really hardcore Pentecostal people. And so that's kind of what Alma Jean did. But I didn't believe Alma Jean's conversion. I'm just going to be honest with you. Again, we're talking about things, friends. Just because she's an aunt don't mean she can't be a friend. Alma Jean was a friend. She, was, she acted a lot like us young people, so she really was uh, uh, one of the closest aunts to me, us, as far as us young people. But when Alma Jean got saved, y'all listen to me. If you don't think this inspired me spiritually, I don't know what it did. Again, we're talking about places, events, people that inspired me. Alma Jean got saved, y'all. We're talking about someone that drunk, party, did it all, and Alma Jean got saved. I had to see it. Mama then was trying to tell me. I couldn't believe it because I said, I know it's going to sound crazy, but I really believe Alma Jean couldn't be, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't think she couldn't be saved. I just couldn't believe somebody that far into the world that was that addicted to the things. Well, we thought she was addicted to anyway. Well, we thought she was addicted to. We didn't really know. We didn't really know, but it just looked like, you know how you see people out in the world, they're really enjoying themselves and they party hard, and she always had the music. She always had, you know, I don't know if she smoked or not, but I know she had people around her that smoked. And it's just, Alma Jean was a party person. But when I seen her, I saw with my own eyes true conversion. And so, again, shout out to Alma Jean who's passed on. Okay, again, we're going to 300. I'm trying to go through my friends. Um, but these are some of the relatives that have, and, I, and there's more, there's more. There's Collis, you know, and her, and, and just the di- the dialogue, watching her. Collis is my, uh, and Robert's daughter, you know, watching her maturity and, and her discipline as being the first police officer, first black female police officer in Fort Worth, and watching her love for God and watching just watching certain cousins react, interact with Aunt Robbie as she preaches in, in this church. And we was churchgoers, y'all. We would go to um, uh, 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 
church and we will see each other serving God in different capacities. So singing choirs, Carlos was singing us in the choir. She would play for us and singing our little family events. And so watching my cousins sing in choirs, watching my cousins listen to the word, um, we, 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 some of us acted up early on to watch it as more serious in the latter years. All these things influenced me spiritually. And then you got Linda Booker, who, who has passed on, and watching Linda transformation. I remember Linda and Tina. I remember a lot, a lot of my cousins and aunts passing and passed, but I'm telling you, these folks influenced me spiritually, y'all. So when you want to know why I took, and, and hopefully y'all are getting something out of this show. I know y'all don't know these people, but it's just testimonies, really. Testimonies are testimonies. You don't have to know the person to, to, to hear the, the test in the testimony and see the power of God through what they're saying. So hopefully that's what y'all are getting. Anybody like that I'm better than anybody else or anything like that, I'm just sharing my testimony. You should share your testimony. I want to share a few more, then we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to get off prayer of faith, and we're going to move on into our neighborhood and different people that influence me. Again, for the good spiritual encounters, This, why these are my cousins, these are spiritual encounters, stuff done that influenced me spiritually. There's all kind of little silly things that went down and little funny things that went down, and you know, but I'm talking about spiritual things I gleaned from everybody that you're hearing me name. All right, everybody that you hear me name. All right, and of course I'm going to mention Mama uh, uh, here and there throughout the, all of these three names. So I kind of I won't talk about Mama just yet, but Mama out of every single person on this list, actually I haven't created the list yet, but I'm forming a list. But anybody I can write down, Mama's going to have more influence than probably half of this list combined. So. Just know that, brothers and sisters, again, you tune to the Five on Network. I'm Brother Seth. Again, just sharing uh, parts and pieces of my life that have influenced me spiritually. Um, and I thank, thank, I'm thankful for those of you that's on the phone lines that I thought enough to call the show. Again, press one if you want to comment. But it's really not a time to comment, to be honest with you, unless you just want to say something funny or something, uh, say hello or something like that. But otherwise, I'm just going to fly through this. And I just want to have a show where I did this. This is not one of those shows where we go back and forth on the phone lines. This is where I want to just do my thing and wrap up this show. And uh, we're going to probably do three, two or three shows where I'm talking about these friends. And then people can, these shows will be on my archive. And so when people are looking over the show and they want to know, what, who is this Seth guy? Well, there it is right there, the Chronicles of Seth Turner. Uh, and they'll see the series and they'll click on it and they can know a lot more about me. Again, I have shows where I talk about my testimony, part one and part two. I have shows where I talk about my travel. We have an international part one and two and domestic part one and two. That's four, two hours apart. So I've talked about myself, but not about my village. So tonight we're talking about the village that helped mold who I am. All right. So I think I've covered all my aunts. Uh, uncle, uncle, uh, the, the uncle really that, that spiritually, uh, imparted to me anything probably would have to be Uncle Bud because Uncle Bud, in a strange way, uh, kind of helped me. And I'll say this really quickly. Uncle Bud tweaked me in a way that's very unique. Now, Uncle Bud had issues with my beliefs. I'll check this out. Uncle Bud 
had issues with my belief. And he had issues with the whole story in the Garden of Eden and all of that. Now, y'all say, well, you know, again, things that have inspired me. Now, how can a man that disagree with me inspire me? Watch what's about to happen. So we had our first real conversation about the Bible. He came again. He said, you believe in the God of the Old Testament? I said, well, yes, Uncle God. He said, oh, he was an MF. Now, this man said the God of the Old Testament was MF. So I said, why do you feel like that? And so we began to talk and talk about the Garden of Eden, talking about the circle, telling the truth. He knew that when he said to the to Eve, the day you eat thereof, you should shoot a guy. He said, well, did they die, Seth? I say, well, they didn't die like we know that. But I explained that where he kind of looked a little, a little, I can tell he hadn't thought about what I said when I began to explain the death process. And then other things he brought up, oh, he was a God of bloodshed. I said, well, Uncle Boy, you know that the father told Israel, do not pick no king. He wanted to be their king. And even knucklehead people kept saying they wanted their own king. And the father told him, told Israel, that if y'all pick a king, I'll take y'all to war. And that's when the bloodshed started. When Israel wanted a king and they began to go into all these wars, that's why all these, this one guy said, okay, if you don't go to war with these people, the people that's close by you, you got to kill them all. Kill them all because they're your enemies. They're going to be your thorn in the flesh and they're going to be killing y'all. Y'all be fighting for the rest of your life as a nation. So when you go to war with the people that's next to you, you got to kill them all. I told Uncle Bob that. And I said, whenever they went to war with people that was far away from them, God said, do not kill all of them. Spare the women and the children. So if God was a God of just bloodthirsty, she would have been like, kill them all every time. He literally wanted peace in his country, in his nation, this place called Israel. And he knew that if you left those people alive, they would just, it would be a whole lot more bloodshed if you kept them alive. God knew what he was doing, but Israel was the one who chose to have a king. So I'm going to share a lot of these different things. Every time he would name something to prove that this guy was an MF, I say, no, you're seeing that wrong. And I stood up to him, but in a loving way, and we dialogued. He said he really enjoyed it. So I think I saw him again. We talked again. And I, I was told that on his deathbed, or before his death, but at some point he gave his life to the Father. Now, if that's not inspiring me spiritually, I don't know what does, y'all. I just don't know what does. So, of course, that story uh, uh, with my Uncle Bud, uh, which we didn't have that long of a relationship because he lived in California, but that right there will preach, won't it? So I just thank the Father for allowing me to talk with him uh, and uh, catching up with him and, and able to share that. Uh, if you're on the phone lines, I mean, if you're on the uh, Internet and you listen to this and you want to ask a question or comment, again, probably not time. I'm, I'm really not taking questions or comments, y'all, tonight. I'm just going to be honest because I got a fly through this, and I don't know what y'all would say unless somebody hear their name called and they just want to say hi or something. But really, this is not a show just to go back and forth because i got so much to cover. I want to go ahead and take a little short break, and then I want to come back with um, some more information. Y'all, we got – Still about 250 more names. So, again, you turn to the process on network to Brother Seth, just giving his testimony, testimony, powerful, powerful uh, uh, testimonies. uh, uh, I'm sharing a powerful testimony. I'm trying to get this out. I'm sharing a testimony of my life, but I'm trying to say that it's going to get even more powerful. A lot of things you're going to hear you probably will not believe things that happen in our churches, things we was taught, 
and uh, just 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 miracles we've seen, not just healings, but all types of miracles. We're going to be talking about that when we come back again right here on the Five Six Long Network. Um, let's take a little short break. We'll be right back. Are you a podcaster, YouTuber, lecturer, public speaker, or pastor? Did you know that having your audio transcribed has a panoply of benefits? Transcriptions help you create merchandise, improve your search engine optimization, grow your listenership, viewership, readership, and protect your content from potential shadow banning. If you would like more information, please contact Yoel the scribe at yoelbenyisrael.com. That's Y-O-E-L-B-E-N-Y-I-S-R-A-E-L.com. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Shalom. sisters we're back we're back again uh well we're going through the series i mean um yeah going through uh going through starting up this series called the chronicles of seth term you know chronicles have to do with just going through just the numeric order and we're starting with my younger years first and then we'll go into the older years uh, I mean, the recent, more recent years, again, talking about things that have changed my life, influenced me to the day, to this very moment. And some of these people, like I said, is dead and gone because what they did was so spiritual. And you know, when you do something spiritual, it's eternal. i got a saying these days now, got a new saying, a new saying, that I want to speak things that are eternal. See, if you if you speak things, brothers and sisters, if if you if you if you if you just tell the truth, if you if you say what the Father says on the matter, do you know people will be talking about you forever? But if you talk about stuff that's not true, that's silly or dumb or stupid, when you die, it's gonna die with you. Somebody may remember you for a few years after you. But if you talk about something and it's really true and powerful, I mean, it, 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 they'll always talk about you. That's why I'm always mentioning my mother because she said so many things that stick. You don't mind if it's my grandkids quoting or their grandkids or great grand. It's it's eternal. That's why we want to speak things, brothers and sisters, that are eternal. This is why I keep saying African Americans are one of the lost tribes of Israel. You watch what I tell you. 
Well, if you're able to see it, of course, you'd be probably dead like I'll be. But a hundred years from now, they'll be saying that because it's true. Now, those who that don't want to say it, don't, I don't know. Okay, fine. Don't say it. <laughs> and this is why great men is spoken of while other people are not. Because great men speak whatever the Father is saying. Now, you don't have to say this revelation about the Israelites. There's other truths you can talk about as well. But I'm saying that's just, this is why your brother try to on this five small stone network we really really are trying our best to say thus says the father we ain't trying to be religious we ain't trying to make no money per se we're just trying to speak reality truth because we believe the truth makes you free it makes you free and you are free to the degree you know truth a whole lot of faking and shaking, people living for each other, the Joneses and all this social mess. But if you can walk in truth, brothers and sisters, they'll be talking about you forever. All right, let's get back to the subject at hand. Prayer faith. Let's wrap up prayer faith. Well, there's a lot of people that came through that church, a lot of ministers, preachers, um, Oh, my God. There are so many people that came through there that cast out devils. We saw, if we got a dollar, if my siblings and I got a dollar for every time we've seen demons cast out, we don't mean nothing hocus-pocus is a place. Stuff. It don't mean we're better or nothing like that. You know, sometimes I start talking about people who are thinking we think we're better. No, it don't mean nothing because you probably seen some things in your world that we haven't seen. But I can tell y'all this. I'd be lying if I, if I didn't tell you. We saw demons cast out of people many, many, many times. So when we grew up later on and we hear the T. Cullen Davis and James Robson, all these people that learned about demons, it, it, it kind of startles me that a man on the Fortune 500 list, the richest, one of the richest man in America, didn't know this. James Robinson, one of the world evangelist people, did not know that there's a demon. That's, that's, that's mind-boggling. I was at Tim Calvary Cathedral Church, Bob Nichols. I went there for a season. And uh, in our Sunday school class, I remember one class, see Cullen Davis sitting right in there. Now, you got to know who Bob Nichols is or was. Bob Nichols was Kenneth Copeland's pastor. That's a person who kind of can cope. That's what he said. Bob Nichols is pastor. So this wasn't no little small ministry, very humongous church downtown Fort Worth. They had thousands of before there was a TDJ. And and so there's people in this class, we would oftentimes, I would oftentimes hear comments about evil spirits and stuff. We learned that. I'm not going to say we learned it, but we saw it as children coming up. Evil spirits, uh, soul ties, uh, familiar spirits, spirits that fool people. You think you cast them out, and they're not out yet. And how the ministers would get a word of uh, discerning of spirits and can tell these spirits are taunting them. So that the ministers would say to the person supposedly having the demons cast out, praise the Father, because demons can't praise God. So when they, uh, a lot of these, they would, Tell a particular sister or brother, you know, uh, the person will say, oh, I'm free. 
They are brother. They are pastor. Oh, thank you. Praise God. They be praying like they're so delivered. And these pastors sometimes will get a word of knowledge that, no, they're not free. They're just saying that. That's a spirit trying to trick you. And so they will tell the person, well, okay, John, Sister John, uh, uh, Brother John or Sister Mary, go ahead and praise the Lord for your healing, for your deliverance of these spirits or whatever. And when they would try to praise God, the spirits would start acting up. New people would start foaming all over again and fighting them. And just, we're talking about real people, decent, upstanding citizens, not no crazy people, not no emotion people, not people doing every week. We're talking about serious deliverance. We saw it. We saw it. Not every week, but we saw it often at our church. So you can tell me when I went into the world, for a season uh, in high school and so forth, when I began to start acting up, getting my mother problems and everybody else, you couldn't tell me that evil spirits weren't real. So a lot of times I'd be out and I would perceive persons had evil spirits. Somebody else would be thinking something else was wrong with them and I'd leave the party or I'd leave girls. I left, I've left girls in some very odd situations because they was under the influence or I felt like it was under the influence of evil spirits. So these came, these types of, uh, of teachings and deliverance ministries came through people like um, uh, Gene Martin uh, that uh, come, it was with A.A. Allen, uh, not just Sam Nix, but now we're talking about Gene Martin, the number one right-hand man of A.A. Uh, a. Allen. A.A. Allen never came to our church. He was too big. But Gene Moran actually came. Uh, we saw, I can't think of all these folks, y'all, just a lot of ministers. And I don't, again, we're talking about things that have influenced me. Now, I didn't know Gene Moran. I can't call him a friend, but he definitely uh, came there singing the way he sang in the morning upon his life. Me and Morris was mesmerized by Gene Martin. And and uh, it's one of the voices you would never, some people think he's one of the greatest voices ever to sing, like Mahalia Jackson. But we saw with our own eyes. But another thing I want to bring up really quickly, Prophet Temple is major, y'all. Just close major. But uh, Texas Northeast Ensemble, uh, J. Newell Haynes is a bishop in the Church of God in Christ. J. Newell Haynes. Y'all can look him up if you like. J. Newell Haynes is one of the Church of God in Christ's top bishops, if he's still around. He almost got the whole, the big position to be over the whole church. But right there on Keith Avenue uh, is uh, Texas Northeast. Uh, I can't think of the church. Good night. But J. Noah Haynes passes in. He had a choir that was called Texas Northeast on someone. I kid you not, before there was a Kirk Franklin, before there was a Tampa man, before all these people blew up in Fort Worth, we had a choir that can go all over the country and mesmerize people. There was nothing like Texas Northeast on someone. This is before choir started rocking, they was rocking. He was before choir choir directors was kind of dancing, and he would make a motion and, and flip the voices off and, and cut the voices. This side of the choir say one thing, and that side of the choir say another. I remember Sister Roberts, uh, Pastor Roberts' wife, this one was, we always mesmerized. We love to see Texas Northeast on something. They would be playing, shout music in the middle of it, do Yankee Doodle or something. They, 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 they was clowning with it. There was nothing like that choir. 
I don't know why they didn't perform an album or something because they were Texas' best. And I know, I think it was best in the nation. So anyway, uh, that was now, you might say, well, that's a little showy. You know, how did that influence you spiritually? Well, that influenced me spiritually because, and they came so much, I consider them our friends. They came there a lot. They came every year. And they got to know some of us kids. And we just, we, we didn't, we didn't care for church sometimes because we didn't understand all the deep teaching, talking about hell and all that. But I tell you one thing, when the day when we heard the Texas Northeast Ensemble Choir, that was the highlight of our church going. March, I, my, my brothers and sisters, even the Cooks, the Smiths, the, uh, all of these families, uh, the Meeks, all the Dangerfields, I tell you what, um, this was the highlight of our church going. That was it. There was nobody bigger. And we had some pretty big names come to prep. As a matter of fact, I skipped somebody, and there was Sister Dangerfield, the woman that's the Mama's uh, funeral, had a friend. No, not Sister Daniel. I'm sorry. <sighs> Sister White uh, was a lady that attended prayer faith. Sister White was very influential, very sneaky and mild. Oh, my God, this is an older lady, very nice-looking older lady. I remember just Mama looked up to her. This was one of the ladies that mentored Mama along with Mama's prayer uh, uh, prayer partner. There was a lady that kind of mentored her also. That was Sister White. Mama loved her, Sister White. Well, guess this is the White's friend who are brothers and sisters. Sister White's friend was a lady by the name of Francine Morrison. Now, Francine Morrison, if you look up the lady's name right now, she met with Dr. King. This was a big, big name in Forward back in the day. And Francine Morrison was frequent prayer temple. And her connection to Prophet Temple was a lady by the name of Sister White, Mama's mentor, one of Mama's mentors. Now, if you think me watching my mother interact with this older lady and watching her celebrity friend come in from time to time didn't influence me, I don't know what will. Uh, again, this is the first integrated church in Fort Worth, Prophet Temple. We're there, young people. We're seeing all these relationships with these people. So, okay. But I want to talk about another uh, guy again. Prayer faith doesn't like it's going to dominate this whole conversation, but that's okay. See, Ross is bringing a, a guy from Africa, a minister from Africa, and, and all over really people from the Panama and people from the Iron Curtain, Russia back then. Yes, we would have visitors from all of uh, from, from various parts of the earth coming to our church. I'm not lying. So uh, I'm a, a gentleman by the name of Mr. Uh, Pastor Maxwell, or uh, uh, Reverend Maxwell. And uh, this guy, now keep in mind we live in Butler Housing. We live in a project, y'all. There's this African guy came, and uh, was he a friend? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But the Maxwell came to our house, and he stayed there. All those people prayer I talked about the Smiths that live in nice homes. I talked about the Lesser that live by the stop six. A lot of people have homes, really nice homes. But this man loved him, son, Irene and her kids. And it wasn't no funny stuff because Maxwell slept upstairs. And uh, uh, anyway, make the long story short, he taught Mama how to cook some greens. You can go ask any of my siblings. They'll talk about to this day those greens. That we ate, and you might say, What's that got to do with your spirituality? Seeing a pastor live 
in the project. No funny stuff. He wasn't living with mom in the same room or not. He wants to just be with this woman and her kids. Woke up the next morning, he went into the kitchen and just, just laid it out with this African dish. We will never forget those greens. We would, did not like greens prior to that, but it was hot. He had this turkey, and it was very, very, very good. Now, and he didn't treat us like we had some disease. See, to this day, when you're a preacher, especially you come from Africa, and you come to the church, they're going to put you up in a hotel. This man wanted to live with us. That's how we roll. And, we, and he ain't the first kind of like big name person that actually wanted to stay with us. And again, it was no funny stuff with my mother. He just liked us kids. So anyway, we was just very bubbly, you know, and a lot of pastors and people that would come through, like see, like Sam Nix. He remember Irene to this very day, and my mother. Uh, so anyway, Pastor Maxwell from Africa, I forget where we're from, touched our lives greatly. Another gentleman, uh, again, uh, this is a, 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 a organ player. Now this organ player, I kid you not, oh my God. This is one of the times we learned about having fun at church. There was a guy by the name of Philip. I forget his last name. And I know some of y'all probably say, why do you think be on another name? Well, it's been a while. But those that are listening to the show, because I sent this out, and I'm sure some that uh, went to prayer faith will probably want to hear this one. Uh, Philip was a world-renowned. This guy could go toe-to-toe with Billy Preston. I guarantee you. Philip did stuff with the organ. I have yet to see people. This this is when it's – you ever seen people play the organ with just their feet? Twinkie Clark does it. Uh, Billy Preston does it. But very few people can do it. Philip was making noises with the organ like no other. And then one time we went to take him to meet my aunt uh, in on the north side. And my aunt said, I want to meet him. And so she we took Philip the organ player from out of somewhere out of town who wanted to live with us. He's another one that wanted to live with us just to hang out. And he was more like Donna age, but he was older. But he lived with us for a day or two, spent a night, and Aunt Robbie wanted to meet him. So he goes over to Aunt Robbie's house, and Aunt Robbie wanted to hear him play because Mama was talking about how bad he played. That man fired up that organ at Aunt Robbie's house to the degree Aunt Robbie got excited. Then Aunt Robbie... Did she get Carlos? Either her or Carlos went to the piano. And we had church over, over in Robert's house. Now, you ask my siblings about that. Here we got this celebrity guy, and he was a celebrity. I don't know what that man went on to do, but that man, y'all got to know what, who we're talking about. We're familiar with organ players. We, we heard everybody play the organ. We know about all the keys, all the runs, this guy was exceptionally great. Remember my friend, Douglas Dye, who was another friend of mine. He traveled with Reba McIntyre. I know some I know some organ players. You're talking about Douglas Miller. You name them, we know them, okay? They ain't nobody like this guy. And then Robbie can uh, agree to that. Of course, she's no longer here. But I remember, I think Carlos also got to see him. He lit up that living room. They shouted. I think everybody shouted that day. Mama shouted. Donna Man shouted. Noeen Robbie shouted. And that Philip, he just played like, just played the organ like he did at church. Anyway, you don't think that influenced us? So these are the kinds of things your brother Seth grew up around, all right? 
uh, those of you that's been listening to us since 2011, you just, you know, you tune into this, the Chronicles of Seth Turner, this is what we're talking about. We're going to be talking about things just like this. The next two weeks, uh, next two or three weeks, next week or two weeks, we're going to finish up talking about friends and so forth, and uh, we're going to hit, uh, and I'm not done tonight. I'm just kind of giving you all. Uh, just a little bit about what's going on. We're going to wrap up. I think we're going to wrap up with prayer faith tonight. I think I'm just going to just devote the rest of the show to prayer faith because we went to church, y'all. That's all we did. Uh, but I am going to get into uh, uh, Butler housing, our neighbors. Oh, my God. Y'all got to hear about how mama had neighbors sitting out in her yard. She out there preaching, talking about God to these people, talking to the young mothers, talking to the old mothers, people that didn't even live in the project. They somewhere with a home. We in the project, they coming by there and, 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 and sitting on the lawn chair with Mama Water in the yard talking about the Lord. I mean, it was something, y'all. It was something. I learned something very, very, very powerful about how that money and, and having wherewithal uh, isn't enough. And, of course, we didn't have enough either. I also learned poverty is a curse. I learned that. But I learned you can, brothers and sisters, have that peace that pass all understanding. Folks just ain't going to understand how you are so peaceful and have that joy and be living the projects. And so I saw that. I, 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 I promise you to this very day, and I'm over 60 years old, I have not seen neighborhoods, communities like that. Yes, there was a bunch of craziness going on around us. Yes, it was. But I saw love, and I'm not exaggerating. I remember just, you know, we had on this show uh, Sister Gilmore. Um, and uh, I know y'all remember um, me having, well, you probably don't remember, but I had on Sister Gilmore one of our family shows, and uh, Virginia Gilmore, and she talked about Mama and how that she would call her whenever she got down and out and, Mama would say, well, girl, I'll be up there after I get through hanging out the clothes. She'd go hang out her clothes and come up there. And she said, with her own words, on this on this network, uh, on the Fossil Phone Network, Sister uh, Virginia Gilmore talked about how Mama would come up there and they would get to praying. And, and she said, Selena, it's not, you know, this is me crying hard. But she said that they, they would cry while the kids were at school until they got a breakthrough. I'm going to say it again. Sister Virginia would call mom and say, I'm going through this, that, and the other. She said, well, girl, I'll get there. We can pray together. And mom would say, I'll be up there after I get through hanging out the clothes. And she would hang out the clothes, walk up Stevenson to Miss Virginia's house, and they would pray. And I think Sister Cooper sometime would come by and pray with them. And they would pray until they got a breakthrough while the kids were at school. Folks, you say what you want to say. I know neighbors across from me. I ain't about to go over there and pray for nothing with them. I probably should. But and you don't see neighborhoods like that. Yes, there was a lot of bar and sugar here and there. We make jokes about neighbors bar and sugar, but I'm going to tell you something. I will go up to bar the sugar, and uh, and the Crowders, again, this is another group of friends. This is some of the things we're going to be talking about on show number two. Uh, in the middle of her pouring sugar, Miss Crowder would say, how are you doing in school? And she would talk to me a little bit. And don't let me be coming from school and I've done something wrong. I may get it by Miss Crowder before Mama get a hold of me. So we was a network of people in the projects, and I think the poverty kept us humble. And a lot of times it's not that you need 
poverty. No, you don't, because it's a curse. Yes, it is. It's not going. Everything didn't go well. We went hunky dory all the time. I'm saying there was very difficult times when you don't have money, but when you have that peace that passes all understanding and you have that hope, we just was happier, seemed like to me, than other people. I just think we were. I still don't see that happiness I remember people having. And one because it was crazy and dumb and too easy to know what they don't have. It wasn't that. They just, we was humbled by our condition. So nobody was running around thinking it was better. So when you got people that's all on the same level, I think there's more love and they're more real with each other. But when you got people and they all trying to act like I'm this, well, I'm this, well, I'm that. Well, people get phony. When they get money and they get status, people start trying to compete, and that's when the phone is kept. But when you see people and everybody know we all getting stamps, we all do this, we all ain't got this, we all catching the bus, I think people are more humble and they're more open, and that openness works wonders in communication and relationships. And that's why I am not ashamed of my past. So I just mentioned about Philip Prayer Faith, trying to wrap up Prayer Faith again, y'all. So much teaching, so many things we saw, miracles. I mentioned evil spirits, but a lot of miracles, y'all. That's the place where I've seen blind eyes open. That's why I've seen people walk out of wheelchairs. Yes, I did. I'd be lying through my teeth if I say I didn't see it. I would be lying. We saw it. Now, was all of it real? I don't, I'm never going to say everything I see in these churches are real in no churches. I think there's always some emotionalism, some people, some phone, some fake stuff. I, I don't believe some of the things I saw, Sister Lucy and her hand bleeding. I don't know if I believe that. I don't think that. And I think that some of the ministers that came through there, do I think a lot of them was real? I don't believe that. I don't believe no people are real at your church. I don't think all the ministers are real at your church. I think some people are. They want to be real, uh, but they're carnal. They 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 not sold out to the Father. They very carnal. They they're businessmen in the pulpit. Ain't supposed to be in the pulpit at all. Just businessmen. These people ain't called at all. Trying to be known, name, all kind of stuff. So I don't think everything in prayer faith was genuine. But all I can tell you is this: some of it was, and I have been tremendously blessed tremendously blessed by ministers that have come through there that have really enhanced my life. Um, I did mention the Kellys. Uh, so many families, y'all, went to prayer faith, but the Kellys were a blessing. Val Kelly, Mama's little partner, she was our age. Val was our age. And Mama was a joke with these folks, and they would kill for Mama. Oh, my God. The Kellys would kill from Irene. They love Mama got so much love from Proud Faith Temple young people. They love Miss Irene because she would laugh and not get on a level, but she just Mama was. They just liked loved her. They did. They really did. And so Proud Faith formed Brother Seth. I could never hate because my origin origin started with the first integrated church. Then not only that, but I went on later to be at Calvary, another integrated church. So, and then not only that, but a lot of the teachers, a lot of people that actually taught me, not all of them, but a lot of them were white. So y'all got to get me right. Those of you that are seeing some of these messages, I teach on leprosy 
and white skin, where it come from, and you think it comes from talking about in the first place, I have a problem with white skin. No, I'm trying to get y'all to see that quit hating your black skin and quit thinking a light skin is prettier or white skin is prettier. I'm, talking about, I'm trying to get y'all to see some sickness. I'm trying to get y'all to see that the whole earth was originally dark skin. That's the whole purpose of the leprosy teaching. So anyway, back to prayer of faith again. Uh, I want to thank y'all for tuning into the Five on Network tonight. What we're talking about again this new series I've started called the Chronicles of Seth Turner, where we talk about inspiration of things, uh, uh, places, and things that have inspired me immensely, uh, encouraged me immensely, and spiritually over the years. I promise you one thing about this series: it will not bore you. You may not know these people, but the testimonies around these people and how they have blessed me will not bore you if you just listen. That's all there is to it, if you just listen, brothers and sisters. So I'm going to wrap up this show. I'm just giving a few minutes to kind of look over my notes and make sure I've covered everything where prayer faith is concerned. What's coming your way on next show, next episode? We're going to get into the neighborhood of Butler Housing. Uh, we're going to talk about the crowds. We're going to talk about, um, uh, like I said, Virginia Gilmore, the Gilmores. Uh, we're going to talk about Virginia Gilmore was one of the people that the uh, father used to uh, mama to win to the Lord. If she didn't win her to the Lord, she definitely had sustained her as a young believer. Mama was preaching up a storm in that project. So many people she won to the Lord. I tell you what, when at her funeral, that's when you get to see her fruit. Because a lot of those people she tried to preach to while she was in the project, we didn't see them come to the Lord. But on her death at the funeral, Mama had one of the biggest funerals there was. I think I didn't see a funeral that big against Amy Omi died. I mean, a huge film. I mean, you know. So anyway, and uh, anyway, I think I've covered everything about prayer, faith. Temple that was in Sister Sister Lee. I remember her, very classy lady, very classy lady. Um, had the one daughter, very, very. Um, I saw class as one of the ladies we saw at our church that actually had all of them was had class. I'm not saying two didn't have class. So I'm saying Sister Lee was very, very much a professional. I don't know if she was a school teacher or something like that, but but, but she. She influenced us greatly. She would discipline us, tell us I was too loud, tell us, you know, proper way to do things and say things. So I remember her. And um, that's pretty much it. Prayer, faith, like I say, the teachings and the miracles, we would never be the same. My family would never be the same. And I think that's why a lot of us, it's so hard for us to go to a lot of these churches because the bar was set so high by prayer. Faith. It wasn't a perfect church, but we just thought that God was real and that we supposed to be walking on the devil. We knew he was real, and we knew he could influence us to say and do things. And we figured believers supposed to walk over on, over, the, over on these evil spirits. So when we see some of y'all out here teaching and preaching, and you're not including this warfare that we know is real, this is why a lot of my siblings is so critical of churches. So... Let's go ahead and wrap up with the uh, uh, final song. And, again, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Five Swim Stone Network. Uh, y'all, listen, you have not heard but a sample of what the Father has given me. Again, stay tuned on next 
Sunday where we get into the Chronicles of Seth Turner. Also, we'll be doing a show on tomorrow. Uh, uh, stay tuned as to what this is going to be. Most likely, I'll be talking about the book, The Systemic Lives of White Supremacy, Our World's Ruling Religion. This show, this this book is something, y'all, if I can just get it together. It's not like the traditional book. It's taking a lot of research, a lot of people involved having to help it. So I'm going to take my time with it. I'm not going to rush it because it's just too important. With white supremacy on the uprise and all these mass shootings and all the self-hate among our own people that got us shooting each other, why will we not be talking about white supremacy? Uh, which is black inferiority. Teachings of white supremacy, the teachings of black inferiority, it's all around us, brothers and sisters, okay? So I want to say again, uh, thank you for tuning in. I want to go ahead out with a powerful song here. Um, this is Melly Hakavod. Melly is a song that I heard in Israel. And I don't know the words of the song. I know that it's Psalms 24 where it says, who is the king of glory? And this song, this, this, this song is, is, is in Hebrew. And I remember when I was leaving Demona uh, after being with the Israelites there in Israel on one of my first trips. And because uh, God already showed me the revelation. I didn't need them to tell me anything. I just went there to see what they and how they lived and so forth. And I remember when I was getting to the airport, I saw these five by five priests, black priests. I mean, it matters, but just so y'all get a mental image. And they was in this garden. I'm wrapping this show up. They was in this garden, and they was playing this song with not no music, just with the uh, this guitar. And because uh, what I'm about to play is literally a choir and all the instruments, but they was just had a guitar, a wooden guitar, and it was just harmonized, so beautiful, Mele Hakavo. And I was, I said, what is that? And the driver said, what What do you mean? I said, what, what is that song they're singing? He said, oh, that's uh, that's Mele Hakavo. We sing that sometimes. I said, what, what does it mean? That's Psalms 24. It just blessed me. I didn't even need to know the lyrics. So I hope it blessed me as it, I hope it blessed you as much as it did me. I've, I've i uh, played it several times on the show already, but some of you are uh, my friends that tuned in to see if I was going to call your name out or something, I guess. Or just know maybe not this show, but possibly next show. Then again, some of you probably have did hear me mention your name. Um, but I thank God for you. If you have been my friend or you haven't gone through his grace over the years, I thank the Father for you. Hopefully I paid enough homage to y'all if I did call your name. Melly Hockevo is coming your way. Again, I love every single one of you, and there's nothing you can do about it. See you on tomorrow.